It's been 18 years. When I arrived, Mariel was in fifth grade, Patrick was in ninth grade, Michael was in 11th grade, and Dennis was first year college. And now, they're all out of school, even some that have done MBAs, and they're all adults. They were all living on their own at one point. <laughs> they return. And I have nine grandchildren. what is good. So today I'm going to review Titus 2, 3 to 5. I'm going to outline my lessons learned and my struggles, which are many, and invite you into a discussion so that you can leave with an action plan. And you'll discuss at your table groups three questions that you'll see at the end, and we'll go through and I'll share my struggles and where I'd like to be strengthened. So each time we do a, a vital verse, I'm going to have all of you read it with me. So the first one there, Titus 2, 3 to 5. Ready? Similarly, teaching the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and to be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Okay. I want all the women who know that they're the older women in this church to stand. Old. <laughs> so they don't come. In fact, 
Great. Lois Barbro, who used to be our secretary, was telling me one day that at one point she said to Nina Coates, who has since passed away, she said, Nina, why aren't you coming to the Joy Luncheon? She said, well, that's just for the older women. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. But they're wonderful, and they've imparted wisdom to me. And all of a sudden, I'm one of the older women. <laughs> Where did it happen? So we, we have a culture of honor here, and we honor the elderly. And I think that the Joy Luncheon was just a way to be able to just let them know that we appreciate them, and we want to hear what they have to say. In fact, at Joy in the Morning, we used to have a wisdom table. All the older ladies sat over there. And most of them are gone. They've either passed away or they're in home. So it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but we have another, oh, Mary used to always say, oh, this is your happy day, isn't it, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> because I love the Joy Luncheon. Oh. And uh, at one point, we did a group, people remember, we did the great big community table at the beginning. And before we started, we had all the older people up and be seated, and they had bread and wine, and, and then everybody else went. So it was just oh, really it was nice. at a church service. It was at a church service, yeah. Thank you. Oh. Okay, let me pray. Lord, I thank you for each woman that's here. I thank you for the younger women, the older women. And Lord, I ask that you would give us wisdom and discernment coming from this, that we would be um, changed in in a couple ways that would just help us be more godly. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So overall, a part is live in a way that honors God. And um, um, our focus is going to be love God and love others. So in order to love God, we need to know him. So we need to know his word. And when I was, when my kids were little, the thought of reading through the Bible in one year was like, you're kidding. In fact, I remember one time we got to October and I thought I'm not going to make it. I <laughs> But now, I mean, I have a lot more time. I can probably read through it twice a year. So it's fun. And memorizing his word, we need to consistently memorize his word. And we have to review what we've memorized. Because I realized, oh my gosh, I used to know that. Now I don't. So it's, we just have to work at it. Start your day in prayer quiet time, journaling, and listening to the Lord. I mean, so often when I would pray, here's my laundry list, Lord, and boom, off to do whatever. But it's just so good to be able to just sit and listen to him. Um, pray ceaselessly throughout the day, asking for wisdom and discernment. And worship. Worship is the best spiritual warfare ever. So I'm not very good at it. I sort of like quiet. But having worship music on is just really a good thing to do. Okay, Jamie Moore, his hero is A.W. Tozer. And A.W. Tozer said, we have as much of God as we actually want. And it's true. Now, mentioning Jamie, Jamie is a really good preacher. I think he has a great heart. He has the same balance that Dennis does for Word and Holy Spirit. And I think he's going to be a great leader. So I'm really excited Amen. about Jess. Jess and Jamie. Does everybody know Jess? Jess, stand up. Jamie's better half. Okay, love others. Be in community, get connect, connected. It can be at church or in a small group, but you need to have people who know you. 
Accountability, you need a few close friends who you can talk to about your struggles. That's not gossip, that's just trying to help you. And, and when, you're, when I think of gossip or slander, I just think, is the person somebody that's gonna help you solve it, or is it something that you're dealing with them? Because, you know, gossip is such a bad thing, so that's one of the ways I think about it. And Satan wants to isolate you and make you feel like you're the only person who thinks this. So being together is really important. We need to band together. Amen. Watch what you consume. There's all sorts of TV, books, podcasts, sermons, and on and on. Think about what you're watching. And be present. Put your phone down. Ask people good questions. Get to know them so you deepen your relationship. Okay, the next is a Michael W. Smith quote that I love. My goal is not to be offended by anyone again in my life and to be the perfect conduit for what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You want to be unoffendable. You want to always take the high road. And I think there's times where we get offended because we're entitled. But gratitude is the best defense against being offended. If we're grateful for what we've got, it's, it's all about your attitude. Del Stringfield. She died at 99. We all loved her. She was at St. Teresa for years. She was never offended, and she was never really in a bad mood. And I'll always remember, she had had hip replacement, and then she'd fallen. And at one point, she was doing physical therapy, and her one leg was shorter than the other. And they kept doing physical therapy on her, and it, it just went on and on. And at one point, on a Friday afternoon, they realized the joint was disconnected. Wow. I would have been so angry. All that pain and all that time. She said, oh, I'm just so thankful. I get to have surgery on Monday. <laughs> Talk about unoffendable. She was great. Okay, and in this area uh, for my struggle, there's times where I feel like I'm just going through the motions, and I feel like it's a bit hypocritical. But then the truth really is, it's not hypocritical, it's being obedient. Because there's things we have to do we don't want to do, but we know we're supposed to, so. I, I just need to seek more of God and have him reveal himself to me. Okay, there's eight areas for the younger women in this Titus passage. I'm not gonna spend very long on every one, we're not gonna be here till noon, but I am gonna go through them. So first of all, love your husband. Everybody want to read Ephesians 5.33 with me? Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, you really need to work to be honest and respectful. Men crave respect. We don't understand it. I know I've read the book Love and Respect by Eggridge. But there's a test. Here's a test for you. Walk into the room your husband is. I did this. I walked into his office. And I said, Dennis, I just respect you so much. And I turned to leave. What, 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 what? What, <laughs> what would he mean? <laughs> <laughs> At which point I had leave. <laughs> 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 At which point I, you have, I mean, if you do it, you have to have some follow-up. follow-up. It has to be true. <laughs> so, but... We, we want to be loved and nurtured, and they want to be respected. They want to be respected more than loved. Yeah. So it's, I don't understand it, but it's true. <laughs> so you, want, you also want to encourage him what he's doing. If you 
you know his love language, it really helps. Now, Dennis is words of affirmation and physical touch. Mine are acts of service and, and quality time. So I'm not very good at affirming. <laughs> but I'm working at it. I work hard at it. And the physical touch part, well, we all know that. <laughs> Be a partner in ministry. I've been to Mexico, Nigeria, Israel, elder retreats. Um, Dennis has said, you know, I don't think I can do this without you. So you do want to be that helper. Oh, marriage a priority. At one point he said, I feel like I need an appointment to see you. And it was true. I was just way too busy. But worse, and not that long ago, he always talks to the men, pursue your wife, pursue your wife. And he turned to me and said, so I thought, okay, I see it. I, I planned a vacation. We went on a cruise. I bought negligees and candles. It was all set. And I've worked really hard since then. Just tried. And right now, he's finishing strong at MCC, and I'm planning the trip. We're going on the Camino Santiago in August and September. So I'm doing all the planning. Okay, you choose, you need this. It's fun. Okay. Oh, a date night each week. Marianne, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but some some people can't hear you. I don't know if you're able to speak a little louder. But oh. they're saying you see yeah, when you when you turn, I, I'm having a hard time. Okay, thank you. Yourself. I'll talk louder. Yeah. Yeah. Just when your voice drops down. Yeah. I'm just I'm just in a words problem. Yeah, she goes Okay. Have a date night each week, uh -huh. and have just the two of you go away each year. And okay, so maybe you're really crazy and date night each week doesn't work, but have a regular date night so that you can anticipate it and have fun. Be attentive to his sexual needs. This is for the married ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Only the married ladies. <laughs> but hey, it's, it's one thing you can't outsource. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's times where you don't feel like it. There's times you don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> As I say on other things, don't care. <laughs> And one story, this mom was talking to her daughter, and she said, honey, for something that brings him so much pleasure, it only takes you 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. even when things look a little questionable. And um, you are not his conscience or his Holy Spirit. That's why you pray. Otherwise, it's just manipulation. When we were in Hong Kong, I was praying for his salvation. He went to this walk to Emmaus, came to know the Lord. It's like, yay. He says, why didn't you talk to me about this? I said, oh, it would have just taken longer. <laughs> OK, my struggle, when the kids were really young, and Dennis was gone a lot. You can have a pity party. It's like, I'm doing this all by myself. Why can't he help? But the truth is, it's your job. It's really busy. It's emotionally and physically exhausting. But it's a phase. It will be over. And it's your job. So we just need to suck it up and 
Get it done. And don't badmouth him. It's so easy to complain and gossip. Don't do that. Surround yourself with other women who are very for marriage and their husbands because you can devolve into gossip and pettiness so easily. Okay, love your children. Number two, everybody ready? Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Okay, our house is God-centered, not child-centered. We're the adults. God first, marriage second, and kids third. Boundaries are important. Kids need to clearly know their place and their limits. They need to see the plan and that you're putting it into practice. That's how you exasperate your kids, when you're inconsistent and things are always changing. So it's being loving to have rules and a way to do things. I just can't stress more how important it is to be consistent. As soon as I'm inconsistent, they smell it out and all is lost. They battle you. So pick the battles to win the war. Okay, a few examples. Sorry, Mariel. Oh, great. <laughs> Mariel's in grade one, and Susan Simmons is a great teacher. She said, I could never wait till Mariel got off the bus to see what she was wearing. <laughs> and then she had her in grade two. She said, oh, they went to uniform. She says, it's just such a disappointment. <laughs> and then another time, Michael, in the middle of winter, decided he wanted to wear shorts. For a little note to the teacher, let him wear shorts. He didn't wear it until springtime. Because <laughs> he froze. So there's just normal consequences to some of these things. And the last time I'll mention is um, Michael and Patrick were in middle school, and somebody was having parties on the Friday and Saturday night of this weekend, and, and they wanted to go. And I said, no. And they said, Mom, everybody's going. I said, no, they're not, because you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't well supervised, and stuff happened, and I didn't even want to hear about it. Um, Pray for them to obey Jesus and for their future spouse. It is so wonderful when it's fulfilled. And we have two daughter-in-laws that I couldn't have asked or imagined for more. She didn't even hear it. I heard it. Okay. <laughs> so many Okay, you want to teach them to make their own decisions and become, in a, in, and become independent at the appropriate time. And we had times that we do things at various ages, and that's all going to be next week at the teams, at the family teams. So, little plug for next week. Another thing is, don't tolerate disrespect. When you see a 17-year-old talking really badly to his mom, that didn't happen last week. That happened a long time ago. And one day, one of my boys, I won't mention who, was really giving me a hard time talking back but his dad had come in behind him and he didn't know it. And he turned to him and he said, I don't ever want to hear you speak to my wife like that again. I was as stunned as the child was. But it's true. You got, they got to have your back too. Oh, Edward, I mentioned love and respect. He wrote a book called Mother and Son. 
It's so good. I've given it out numerous times, and I use it for my kids and my grandkids. And honestly, you use this, these words on these boys. Forget it on the girls, but on the boys. And it's like, wow. They just, it's great. Who is the author? Emerson Egridge. E-G-G-R. I-C-H. If you put mom and son in, it'll come up. Yeah, if you Google it, Okay, struggle. We're working on I always love them, but at times I don't like them. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like what they're becoming. But the truth is, training kids up is a really tough job. And so we have to work hard at it and be consistent. So pray and call out the good in, in them and just try to let go of some of the substandard stuff that happens. Try to catch them doing the right thing. Okay, live wisely. Read with me, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, so you want to set goals for your marriage and for your family. And you have a better chance if it's written out of achieving it. And I've got these little things on your table. This is just an example of my weekly picture. And you can see there's lots of white spaces and there's lots of commitments. And the thing is, once you've, once you've done, and on the other side, you can do your own. But the thing is, then you can see where you have space to be able to do things. And um, you can plan things in. You also, if you have to change things, you know what you're saying yes to and, and, and no. And when you say yes to one thing, you're basically saying no to everything else. So we need to be careful. Um, what's that? Woohoo! Um, oh, hurry is the enemy of self-control and wisdom. I try to make, I mentioned the white space. And there's times where it's our pride that has us saying yes to things, or we think, oh, I don't have anything, so I guess I better do it. No is okay. And you can just, what a friend of mine once taught me, just to say, sorry, it doesn't work for me. Rarely one does so we don't, we don't want to create our own busyness. We're not victims. We do not need to be Martha Stewart <laughs> or the next star on Pinterest. Okay. Struggle. Too often I think it's my pride that has me not only pick up things, but make a big deal out of it. Like on something that should only take an hour, I'll take five because I want it to really look good. And I also do too much. And the truth is, God doesn't make me, does, God doesn't ask me to do any more than what is going to have me leading an unhurried life. So we just need to watch our busyness. Okay, number four. Read with me Psalm 5110. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Okay, so being pure is freedom from spiritual and moral, moral defilement. Watch your heart. Love what God loves and hate what God hates. 
Be accountable to friends that seek purity and that you can trust that hold you to the hard questions. And examine your life. Think about your speech and your relationships, your giving. Check yourself for hypocrisy. Um, how you use your time. And guard your heart. Watch what comes out of your mouth. And I've already said it, but um, never join in with gossip and pettiness. It's a slow fade into sin. Little by little, we relax our resolve and end up in a bad place. And it's spiritual warfare. And in the, in the center of the tables, I've got a prayer for spiritual warfare. Dennis and I have probably been praying this for 17 years. I think it's when I turned 50. And um, it's just a really good prayer. In fact, somebody was telling me that they liked this prayer so much that they put it on a voice memo. And so when they go to, is it, is it for Brandon? Is it Brandon? Who did that? John, John. He put it on a voice note, so when he goes into work, he just listens to himself say it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's brilliant. Okay. Hey, Marion. Yeah. Can you talk more about the um, the gossip? You said something at the very beginning. I was like, okay, gossip. I need to take that up. She said, can you talk more about gossip? Yeah. Gossip is actually true. <clears throat> Slander is false, but gossip is true things. It's just that it didn't need to be said. And my aunt used to always say, is it kind, is it true, and is it necessary? And she'd say just like that, is it necessary? Just because something's true, it doesn't have to come out of our mouth. That's right. Just because I notice something, I don't need to tell them. So we just really need to watch it. And it's just, it's so easy. It's just so easy to fall into it. Is that? Yeah. There's a scripture, I think, in Proverbs that talks about the seven things that God hates. <clears throat> and the thing that's abomination was made for seven. That was right. sowing discord among the brethren. Yeah, sowing discord among the brethren. You said something about how you, how you distinguish between gossip and um, like healthy communication with a friend. Right. What did, what did you say? Well, when... When I've got a problem with someone, I should either be talking to them or seeking counsel in an effort to fix it. And there's times where people will start talking to you about something, and and the thing to say is, have you talked to a person about this? Yes. That's that's who you need to talk to. Now, some people go so far as to say, I'm I'm gonna give you 48 hours to talk to them, then I'll, I I don't do that, but but it's, it's a thought. So we really have to nip it in the bud. Um, I think I already know the answer to this, but are the boundaries any more flexible in marriage? Because you you can tell your spouse everything, but I think you really can also say unnecessary and unkind things. Right. So are there, I don't know, any tips for in marriage? Like processing your life with your husband? Yeah, like basically not not gossiping with your husband. Like, do you hear Laura did that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I need to know. No, you. Yeah. 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 And there was a radio announcer. He was going around with the Salvation Army people. And they're all dressed up in her little gray wool outfit. And she brought hot chocolate up to this person 
a bun, and he threw it in her face, and it went all down her jacket, her, her, her coat. And she went back into the unit. She got another one, and she put her hand around it, and she said, I'm sorry, sir, I think you dropped this. <laughs> the radio announcer went ballistic on her. He says, what kind of person are you? She says, I'm trying to be some kind of Christian. Mm. And I guess down the road he came to know the Lord through it. Wow. So, like, could you imagine? Wow. <laughs> Think of what I would do if someone threw hot chocolate on me. Right. <laughs> I'd be watching my language, <laughs> which is one of my struggles. I struggle wow. with bad language, drinking, and eating, especially sugar. Mm. <laughs> Love chocolates. I would have put ice cream out, but that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> but the truth is, I have to be careful about my speech. Yes. And um, what I consume, because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay, we're on the second half. But number five, to work in their homes. Read with me, Proverbs 31, 10 to 12. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So she was home, she ran a business, she bought a field, she was an entrepreneur. We all need balance like that. And we have to recognize that there's different phases and stages in our life. So attitude is important. Don't have a bad attitude. A bad attitude. I, we, I am mistress of my domain and I'm created for various possibilities. We can, we can certainly be more like the Proverbs woman. And the idea is, it's not whether you're working inside or outside the home. Proverbs 31 gives you a lot of freedom. It's how are you taking care of your home. And um, it's stewardship, right? And I need to be careful what you get involved in. As a stay-at-home mom, I can be so busy that I basically advocated being the mom. Mm -hmm. So you really have to watch it. At one point, I did a report card. And I had kids, husband, housework, and all the things I was doing outside the home. I got eight plus on all the other things. Yeah. <laughs> but I got a D or an F on what I was doing inside the home. So at that point, I changed things and I just started doing more things. I didn't run the PTA or PTO or whatever. I was in the kids' classrooms. You wouldn't remember that if you were a baby. Can you explain more what you mean by stewardship? Stewardship? Yeah. Did you say that or did somebody else say that? Stewardship of your home? Oh, just you're the steward of your home. Yeah. So you're responsible. And it's, it's God who's going to empower you, and it's God's that we need to be stewarding. So like for our children, we need to make sure that we're doing what we need for our children. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I'll, think, I'll think about my question. Also, um, I love the spirit of Deborah. She ministered from home, um, but it was never at the cost of her home. Okay, for me, I connect with my children, their activities, and friends. I make good, healthy meals. I'm hospitable with friends and my kids' friends. And um, I have a sense that everything's under control. And I try to keep an organized house, although it's definitely not my forte. When we lived in Australia, we'd been there about a year, and I was meeting some people, some friends down at the opera house, and we were having dinner ahead of time, and we were waiting for somebody. And the waiter said, so what do you do? Mm -hmm. I looked at him, and I thought, I thought of all the things I've done. I finally just said, I'm a housewife. 
And it was sort of jarring. I just had not thought about it. It's not a big deal. But I went home and I was telling Dennis about it, and he said, you had your nerve. To imply I was such a bad housekeeper that to say I was a housewife. So talk about insult to injury. And I was I was telling Dennis, I was telling Dennis a story, he said, I don't remember that. No, you wouldn't. I did. But I can't be all things to all people. I need to seek the Lord on what's important. And don't compare yourself. You can always look at somebody who's a great cook, a star on Pinterest, does a great thing in their garden, their house looks like a designer, their kids are great. You be you. And as Muriel, what is it, Muriel, you say? You do you, boo. (laughs) And ask for help. Don't go it alone. People like to be needed. But we would rather have somebody else need us than ask for help, which is not good. So struggle. I do hate cleaning. And I'm also very indecisive about what stays and what goes. I generally just let things stay, which is a constant source of problems. And the truth is, you know how people say, yeah, I was really upset. I just cleaned the house. I cleaned all through the house. I cleaned all the closets. I've never had that affliction. I get with either Mary and I get that. My go-to is chocolate and ice cream. But the truth is, the truth is, I do need to have a presentable house if I'm going to use my gift of hospitality. It's sort of like, Lord, just move that pile over and see. Okay, six. Do good. Read with me Proverbs 14:1. The wise woman builds a house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down. So we always need to show honor and respect for our husband. We've talked about it. It models what's good for children. As wives, we have a significant impact on how our husbands view things. We can build them up or we can tear them down. We can encourage them or we can discourage them. And this is where I was just going to say, if we keep voicing our opinion on things, our husbands listen and it makes a difference. So we need to be really careful what we're talking about. I strive to be a helper, not a hindrance, and ask, what would make me more of an active help to my husband? So you know me in housework. So I had breast cancer, so Dennis took over the laundry. Two years after I was all better, he finally said, hey, do you think you can keep the laundry back? That's <laughs> all right. And I've been doing it ever since. So... Be great with the things that are not glamorous but are more practical. You know, have a clean house, a tidy yard, well-loved children. Because Jesus sees it all. Not everybody sees it. But you're not laboring in obscurity. Jesus sees it all. And be dependable. Do what you say you'll do. And as I've already mentioned, attitude is key. And we were talking the other day. I've learned that it's not that I have to do certain things. It's that I get to do them. Be content. Abide in God's love. Uh, we decided, we decided, Dennis decided, that we would paint a few rooms and we'd clean out a lot of our books. He does this every few years, the books. So he said, I'll help you paint. I said, I can paint. You do the books. But one of my favorites, Call My Anxious Heart, was gone. And I was looking for books upstairs, and I found my copy. <laughs> I would almost brought it. So this little... What did she say? She said the book. What did you find? I, I found, oh, sorry. 
I found a book, Calm My Anxious Heart by Linda Dillow. I love it. Calm My Anxious Heart. And so this is in, I think it's in chapter one. And I just think it's really good. It's Ella's Prescription for Contentment. Never allow yourself to complain about anything, not even the weather. Never pick yourself in any other circumstances or place, someplace else. Never compare your lot with another's. Never allow yourself to wish this or that had been otherwise. And never dwell on tomorrow. Remember that tomorrow is God's, not ours. It's just a great little book. And it will calm your anxious heart. Okay, my struggle, my struggle is with duty and obligation. I do so much things, so many things, because I feel like I'm supposed to. And the truth is, I need to ask the Lord for spiritual empowerment and to do what is good. Because there's times where you have to do things that you don't want to do, because it's just the right thing to do. But I think we get into a lot of things that we don't really need to do. Number seven, two more to go. Be submissive to their husbands. So read with me 1 Corinthians 11.3. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of every wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. So it clarifies there's pastors, teachers, influencers that will have you do various things, but it's your husband that you follow. And um, Dennis said, we never want to create spiritual confusion. So when, when kids are baptized, it's their mom and dad do it. When, when there's communion, the dad takes the lead. The, the husband is the head of the household, and it's really, really important. Um, I remember at one point when we were at a different church, and the kids were in high school, um, and there was going to be youth group on Sunday night. Well, Dennis said, no. Sunday night's the only night where we're all home and we don't do anything, so we didn't do it because we listened to him. Submission is a compound word, sub and mission. Your husband needs to figure out what the mission is, and we need to be under it. And um, he's responsible for the best way, and my responsibility is to support him in the mission. So husbands want their wives to thrive and flourish. Submission is not slavery. The man does not force his wife to submit. She does it willingly. Also, submission is not a result of the fall. It's, it's in the created order. Man needed a helper to rule, subdue, and multiply. I work hard to support Dennis in our, in our mission, and he also encourages me in the things I have an interest in, um, be it painting or music or other hobbies. Many women bristle at submission, but our husbands are responsible to God for what happens, and he's been given that responsibility, and I'm responsible to help him. So I don't have to be a great helper. I get to be a great helper. We've had very few major disagreements. I'm always very vocal about my opinion. I know that's a surprise. I make sure he understands how I feel. And there's been two struggles. Well, there's been lots of struggles. <laughs> but two that I'm going to refer to. One was the fourth. He agreed when we got married, I could have four kids. Look, what's the deal? And after having two, he said, I think two's a good number. And then he finally said, well, if we can have three but not four. I figured, well, three's closer to four than two, so okay. <laughs> so, when Patrick was, so when Patrick was two, I said, okay, because he didn't want to have any arguments about it. I just said, okay, I just have to say, you won and I lost. <clears throat> now, Marianne, let's
let's talk about this. <laughs> you know, in his mind, let's talk for a couple weeks, go back to normal, but no. <laughs> I wrote my letter called The Fourth. <laughs> and he said, okay. So, voila. <laughs> and, and he kept saying, he kept saying, he kept the copy, and I didn't think he did. But in the letter I said, about being 61 and a half or 64 and a half. Anyway, so when I turned that age, he brought it back out and he said, do you want me to show it to her? So Mariel has read it. The other is right now, he wants a condo. <laughs> I want a house. I want all my kids. I want everybody to be there. I don't want a condo. But he doesn't want the outside stuff. He says, well, he finally says, okay, if you get a house, as long as I don't have to do anything on the outside. Grandsons. Right. <laughs> so, we'll see. But, um, if we're both following Jesus and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is not a lot of issues. I yield to him if we really disagree because he's going to have to go before God. But if we're aligned with Jesus, most things aren't a big deal. The truth is, we're both going to have to answer to God for our part of everything. Okay, ladies, last one, number eight. They will not bring shame on the word of God. So through history and evermore, right now, the culture works to malign, dishonor, and discredit and destroy the Bible. We believe the Bible is the inherent word of God. Mm -hmm. The world sees us as ignorant, unenlightened, and irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Today's liberal culture believes the Bible needs to adapt to the culture rather than the culture adapting to the Bible. Jesus did not come to conform to culture. He came to reform it. And that's our job. Liberal churches rebel against God's word, and most of them, these churches are dying. They have no power. And we need to teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine to men and women of the next generation. So read James 1.22 for me. Do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourself. Do what it says. So remember that the culture is under the control of the enemy. People are spiritually blind and unable to see the truth. And we need, to, we need prayer and truth spoken in love. Those deceived will spend eternity in hell. We need to be compassionate and shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. So how do we stop maligning the word of God? We've mentioned most of this already, but know your Bible. Relate, read, study it, memorize it, and share it. Don't compromise. Practice and role model the Bible's teachings in your, fam- your life and your family. Engage the next generation. Teach or mentor them using God's word as your guide. And you know, these high school and college kids, they can hear from various people that as we sort of seek them out and talk with them and showing interest, it really makes a difference. It's so good for them to have multiple people that they can talk to. So I would challenge that if, if the Lord is making you sensitive to a particular person, follow up. They'd love to. And, and likewise with um, the older women. Um, younger women, if you have somebody that you really aspire to be like, ask them to mentor you and do things with you because first of all, even if they can't, it's, it's such an, an encouragement to them that you've asked and generally they want to do it. I remember at one point I had a young woman who I was mentoring, and then my daughter ended up mentoring her daughter. It was mm-hmm. really, remember that? Mm-hmm. I was mentoring, what's her name now? Fact check. Yeah, fact check. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you after. 
Okay, number four, ask God to give you insights into his word and a hunger to learn more. And five, remember how God's word changed your life and share your story or your testimony. So we were warned that we would be persecuted. Let's speak God word, God's word out and share our stories. Nobody can question your story. It's your story and it has great power. Let our lives be so full of joy and peace that they will want whatever we have. Now the wrap up, much of what we've discussed is really the fruit of the spirit. So we'll become increasingly more like Jesus as we work to live out this passage in the power of God. So read Galatians 5, 22 and 23 with me. But first, share with you today. My greatest hope is that each one of you will do this down the road and do a better job than me. <laughs> now, um, I'm going to read the discussion questions. Number one, how do you live in a way that honors God and where you struggle? Discuss and share examples. Number two, which of the eight areas is your biggest strength and which is your biggest weakness? Discuss and share examples. And number three, what is the one big idea you want to implement next? Then you can pray for one another in the spirit and ask Jesus to help you implement your one big idea. So let me pray. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be imparted to each of these ladies, that they would show more of the fruit of the spirit through the power of God. And Lord, that um, we would be changed because you have been here, that we would seek each other out more, that the younger women would seek the older women and the older would encourage the younger. And Lord, I just thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. As parents, you have the ability to influence your kids before the world does. Now, there have been times where they haven't really wanted to hear it, but they do. you, you need to be the go-to person for what's happening in the world sexually. And um, as long as your kids know that you're open and willing I think that the, then they can come to you. But if they have to learn from all of their peers, it's just not a good thing. And so, but we'll do this in family teams. Oh, okay. Talking about and, uh, other yeah. Anything else? I was curious if Jackie had, had, were you satisfied with the stewardship answer? Was it that, yeah, you got your. Well, yeah, so I feel like I put more thought into what my actual question was. So your bullet point where it says, we can work an outside job and still run our home well. I feel like I don't know what the definition of well is. Like as somebody who's worked and not worked and worked and not worked, like yeah. I don't really know what well looks like, to be honest. Wow. So, so for me, well is the house is organized. That's something that you can also farm out. Yeah. But the house is organized. You, you are on the heartbeat of your kids. Mm -hmm. You know what's going on. It, to me, is the most important part. And that you have enough time in your life that you're seeing your husband and he feels pursued. Mm -hmm. But that, that to me is the most important part. Yeah, that's good, thank you. Wait, what did, can you repeat that again? So heartbeat of your kids. Yeah. Organized, feed your organized. husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it's husband to husband. Like my husband doesn't care if the house is clean. He wants me to like have a smile on my face. Right. Like, he's like, take care of it. Whereas I want the house clean, which I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, he's not like his dad. <laughs> not like your husband. No. So I had a question at the very beginning in Titus. And the first 
time says similar, similarly, teach the older children, older women, to live in a way that honor God. Honor God. So who, who is he saying to teach the older woman? Because as an older woman, my walk, my walk is, is, is like a, is like a, a, a hill valley. And sometimes I think, well, well, I need teaching. I don't know anything. And then sometimes I feel pretty, pretty good. But, but most of the time, I feel like I need to be more of a learner than a teacher. So who is, who is Titus telling to teach the older women? I think he's telling whoever's over them in terms of pastoring and husband. Yeah. Okay. It's a letter. Yeah. It's, it's a letter, yeah. yeah. Paul's telling Titus that. Okay. Paul, so, Paul's, Paul's saying that to Titus. Paul's saying that to Titus. Yeah, Paul. He's saying, he, so, so he's saying for the pastors to teach people. Yeah, them. right. So that's yeah. where we learn from. Yeah. And then we pass Well, we can also learn from mentors. Yeah. I mean, people who are older, but at some point, or been a reason, or been a reason to anyone. So you know, it's one of those things where it's like, um, I want you to know too, come and ask me, I feel really good about it. But I'm joking. <laughs> 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 don't, don't, don't be disappointed. <laughs> so I was just curious, because as an older woman, I feel like, wow, I just don't even know a lot. So I joined, joined or whatever, I guess that's where I'm getting my knowledge. And unfortunately, Well, and for the older women, when you're, when you're, um, Mary, will you push this? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> For the older women, when you're mentoring somebody who's younger and you don't know the answer, you don't have to know the answer. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, 